Good morning, and welcome back to our services today, if you're just joining us. Uh, today we're going to be in Jonah chapter 1. We're going to continue our series on Jonah. If you weren't here last week, we talked about Jonah running away. We actually talked about the entire book of Jonah, kind of from a macro scale. And we kind of boiled down two things that we took away from the book of Jonah. One is that we need to wake up. There's so many things in our lives that we kind of fall asleep to. You know, Jonah, he was on this ship and the storm was happening all around him and he decided to take a nap. He fell asleep. You know, he was asleep not only in, in, in body, but throughout his entire journey, he fell asleep to all the things that were going on around him. The graces that he was seeing throughout the entire journey, he was flat out asleep to. And we kind of took from that, that we ourselves are sometimes asleep and we need to wake up. We need to wake up and see what God might be doing around us. And two, we found out that, not we didn't find out, we recognized that God's grace is infinite. Not only for the sailors, not only for the Ninevites who kind of repented, but for Jonah as well. And we kind of took from that, if God can have grace for a prophet like Jonah, for a people like Nineveh, then he certainly has grace for us. We need, we need to extend that grace to others, but also extend that same grace to ourselves. God's grace is infinite. Today we're going to continue in Jonah chapter 1, uh, beginning in verse 4. I'm going to kind of jump around here in the first chapter, but we're going to be focusing on the sections uh, that have to do with the sailors and their interactions with Jonah. Verse 4. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to their own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us, <clears throat> so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked us, Tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? And from what people are you? Going down to verse 11. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, What should we do to make, you see, to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. So I titled this, this sermon, Searching for Answers, because I think this section really keys on this idea of searching, okay, specifically for answers, as you might assume. But it's not Jonah, okay? It's not the prophet that this book is named after. It's not the, the man of God, Jonah. It's the sailors, the sailors exemplify what it means to search for answers. And so in order to search for answers, I think there has to be a question. And so for specifically this chapter, this text that we read this morning, the question is kind of obvious, 
But the sailors are asking themselves this question, why is this happening to us? This great storm comes in that they have never seen or didn't expect in the, at any point in their journey. And all of a sudden, they are in a life-threatening situation. And they're asking themselves, why is this happening to us? And I think this is an important lesson to take away from this because you know you might not be a sailor on a ship and you might not have this experience, but I'm certainly certain that you have had an experience in your life where you've asked the same question, where you might have been going through a metaphorical storm, where you ask yourself the question, why is this happening to me? Or why is this happening to my family? And you're kind of left questioning, you know, why? And so you begin your search for answers and you might go along the way and you might, you know, do things perfectly. But if you're like me and you have this question of why is this happening to me, I sometimes don't respond the best way. A lot of times I respond in a bad way. A lot of times I get frantic. A lot of times I make a lot more trouble than solve any of my problems, right? And so this morning, as we look at what the sailors have done, as we look at the example that they give us, they give us an example of what it means to search for answers in the middle of a storm. So whether or not you're going through a storm currently or you've gone through something in your life, I hope that this is something that kind of illuminates for you. I think what God is calling us to do when we're searching for answers and we don't really see any clear responses in our lives. So the first thing that the sailors do that I want to make note of is that they approach their gods. Okay, the very first thing they do is they approach their gods. If you look in verse 5 here, all the sailors were afraid and they each cried out to their own to his own god. I think that's really telling. You know, how this story unfolds, the very first thing that these guys come in and they do is they call out to their gods. They're in a situation that seems way over their heads that they have to reach out to a higher power because this storm is unlike anything they've experienced ever in their life. And that has to be saying something because these guys seem like professional sailors, right? And so I can't think of a scarier experience than being on this boat in the middle of the ocean and this godlike storm comes upon me. Hopefully in that situation, I would call out to God. But it seems that the pagans' response here is they call out to theirs in response of a difficult situation. Now, kind of stepping back from that, kind of the story of Jonah, like I said before, I don't always handle this part very well. You know, eventually I'll get to God, but a lot of times when I'm facing a difficult situation, my knee-jerk reaction is not to go to God, not to get on my knees and pray, but my reaction is that I can fix this. I can do something to make the situation go away. I can be, you know, Mr. Fix-It. I can be Jack Bauer. And that's kind of, a, I guess, a dated reference, but just bear with me here. Because I think a lot of us fall into this trap of trying to be like Jack Bauer. This is all we see, okay? And I, like I said, it's an old reference. You don't have to have seen the show. Uh, but there was a show on TV, I guess, in the early 2000s called 24. And it followed this guy who is a, um, he worked for like a, the criminal terrorist unit or something like that. He was in charge of, of, of putting away terrorists. And this guy was the most average looking person, right? Didn't, he wasn't overly athletic or like strong. 
but he could do all these crazy things. Like he was jumping out of helicopters, he was diffusing bombs, he was doing everything, and he was, you know, screaming the entire time. That's kind of what he does. And he always seemed to make the right call, right? He always chose the right bad guy to go after. And he was kind of an answer to himself, right? He had people that worked above him, and they would be like, Jack, don't do that. But Jack would be like, I'm going to do that anyway. And he would do whatever he wanted to do. And whatever problem came up, he was responsible for fixing. And now I kind of, you know, I think about Jack and I laugh because it's so funny because he would call these people and say, hey, I need, I need GPS satellite for this guy. And they would say, it's going to take us three hours. And Jack would be like, I need it now. And they would always get it to him. I don't know how that happened. Uh, but what, the point I'm trying to get to is that Jack Bauer was the answer to all of his questions. He was Mr. Fix-It. Whatever situation came up, he was always big enough to handle the bad guys. And now we might not think of ourselves as Jack Bauer, we might not think of ourselves in that same way, but we do the exact same thing. Instead of recognizing that we need to drop to our knees and pray to God, we try to be our own answer to all of our questions. That's a problem. Because when we do that, we make ourselves out to be a God to ourselves when we do not rely on God in heaven. When we do not call out to God in those situations, who else are we going to call out to? We might call out to another person. Those people are always going to fail us. We might call out to ourselves. We're definitely going to fail ourselves. In these situations where things seem too big to handle, our first reaction should be to go to God. And that's exactly what the sailors show us here in the story of Jonah. These pagans, right? They show us the proper order of operations. They need to call out to God. We need to call out to God when we are searching for answers, when we are asking the question, why is this happening to me? Why am I in this storm that I'm in? Help me, God, find out the answer rather than what can I do to fix the situation. They approach God. We should approach God. That's the first thing. The second thing the sailors show us kind of here is that they were able to get rid of the things that were weighing them down. Okay, in verse 5, that same exact verse, all the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. The storm was so bad that they had to get rid of whatever they possibly could so they wouldn't drown on the spot. Who knows what they're getting rid of? I don't know what's on the top of a ship, okay? I'm uninformed. They could have been getting rid of their drinking water, their food, whatever resources, the stuff that's too heavy, that's weighing down the ship, they needed to get rid of. And I asked myself the question, what in my life am I holding on to that's weighing me down? When I'm going through a difficult situation, is there something or someone that I'm leaning on that's not the best person or thing to be leaning on that's that's going to, I guess, make me be more like Jesus? I know for a fact that this is not not just a teenager problem. Okay, I, I say this to the teens a lot, right? What are you surrounding yourself with? What are you putting into your life? What are you filling your heart with? That is, a, that is eventually going to come out of your mouth, come out of your body, come out of your heart, right? What are the things you're putting in 
that's making you who you are. This is not just a teenager problem. This is an everybody problem. What are we holding on to that, are, that is weighing us down in the middle of a storm? Think about that for yourself. When you ask yourself the question, why God? What is he asking you to let go of in the same breath? Why God is this situation so difficult? Why are you still holding on to fill in your own blank? The sailors were able to recognize, okay, this stuff needs to go if we're going to survive. It's harder for us to realize that because the things that we need to let go of sometimes can be people, can be relationships that we've formed for a very long time, and we can't let go of those people because it would hurt us too much. But sometimes it's that distance that we need. Those relationships need to, excuse me, need to be severed in order for us to see where God is leading us through the storm. What is weighing you down? that is so hard to get rid of. They, they approach their gods, number one. They're able to get rid of what was laying them, weighing them down. That's number two. And number three, they show us at the very end here in verse 16. After all that stuff goes on. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. We don't know if this was a great conversion experience for the sailors. We don't know if they decided, okay, you know what? Our other gods didn't help us in this situation. We're only going to serve Yahweh. Maybe they, maybe they just added Yahweh to their you know, basket of gods, whatever it might be. We're not sure. But we know in this very moment that we read about in Jonah that this experience was an experience that warranted rejoicing. It, it warranted a sacrifice and it warranted a recognition of what God did for them in the midst of that storm. How many times do we forget that step? I know that I, I say this all the time. I do that all the time. <laughs> Sometimes I get through a stressful situation, whatever it might be. And at the end, this huge weight is lifted off of me. And maybe I'll say, oh, you know, thanks, God. That's where it ends. I don't have this rejoicing experience. You know, we don't sacrifice in the same way that, you know, we read about in the Old Testament. But I never stop and just have this moment where I actually give thanks to God and let go of whatever burden I might have been carrying. Yeah, it might be off my shoulders, but have I let it go to God? One of the biggest things about rejoicing after an experience like this, after an experience where you're searching for answers, is seeing the perspective where God has taken you through the entire step, excuse me, through the entire way of that journey. Sure, you could approach God and, and you could call on God to help you through a, a storm. Sure, you could let go of the things that have been weighing down, but after all that, if he's taking you through all that, you don't spend time just to say thank you to God to be where you are today. You've missed out on the entire process if you are not reflecting on where God has taken you. Rejoice and let it go. And I don't think that, I think it'd be unfair for me to say that all storms are resolved in the best way possible because this world hurts a lot. Sometimes you might walk away from a storm and the storm might be over, but you don't feel any better or whatever it might be, that person that you had a difficulty with, you know, that storm is over, but the tension is still there. 
and it doesn't look like it's going to be resolved. Unfortunately, that's how life works sometimes. Unfortunately, those burdens are going to be on us, you know, maybe for the rest of our lives. But it is our responsibility to sacrifice and to let go as much as humanly possible to allow that burden to ascend to God. You know, I was reading today actually about this idea, this idea of just practicing ascension of our, of our guilt, of our burdens. And the, the author of this book I was, I was reading, The Holy Longing, he talks about Mary Magdala holding on to the body of Jesus after he's been crucified. And this image, this very vivid image of, of, of this woman holding on to Jesus. And, you know, obviously it's a sad experience, but her holding on is not allowing her to see what's going to happen in the future. Her holding on is not allowing her to see the ascension that's going to take place in the next few days. This ascension that we today are, you know, basing our whole lives around. In that moment for her, she was unable to let go of the physical body of Jesus to see the resurrected and the ascension of Jesus uh, weeks later. Sometimes we need to take that time and rejoice and let it up to God when things are not going our way and say, God, I've, I've seen where you've been this whole way. I've seen where you've been in my life. And I still feel broken. But I need to let that go to you. I need to sacrifice this feeling. And God, I just need you to take it from me. Hear my sacrifice, hear my words and take them from me. That is just as important as the, as the um, happy rejoicing that we might have in the midst of a good situation. Letting go of that tension to God. Because again, He is the only one that can take it from us. He's the only one, only one that we can approach, that higher power that we can approach, that has the ability to take it from us. You cannot and will never do it on your own. Rejoice and let go. You see, this whole book is, you know, we're, we're made to believe it's about this prophet going to this people. But along the way, we have this journey. We have this experience with the sailors that is so applicable to our lives. And my question to kind of leave us this morning is, how are you searching for answers? Are you relying on yourself? Are you neglecting the things that you know to be helpful? Are you forgetting to rejoice and what God has done for you in your life. How are you searching? Because it's not just in the middle of a storm. I think that's an important you know, thing that we took away from Jonah, that we need to be searching in the middle of a storm. But we need to be searching for God in the middle of good times, searching to see how he can transform us to help transform others as well. This searching is not a, you know, a Google search where you just press you know, enter and it's done. No, it's a continual searching. Where is God leading me? Where is God telling me to go? The process is the same. Approach God. Get rid of the things that are weighing you down and rejoice when he takes you to that place. How are you searching for God? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this time and I thank you for this example, uh, from these un this unlikely example, I should say, from the sailors that we read about here in Jonah. God, help us to be searchers, continually searching for answers. God, help us to approach you first.
Help us to get rid of the things that are weighing us down and, and help us to rejoice or to let go depending on the circumstance that we're in. God, help us to continue to be searchers of your truth and searchers of answers in this world. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.